bless the Lord. Come on and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. How many know that God is good? No other way about Him. Sometimes people blame God for certain things that happen to them, and you know what? It's all self-inflicted wounds. And then they have a grudge against God, so they don't really get a good start off. It doesn't matter what, He's good, amen? Praise God. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles or you want to look up on the screen or however you have your device, was very difficult for me when I first started using one of these tablets because I had everything written down in my Bible. I had marks in my Bible. My Bible, uh, Thompson Chain Bible is in my office and it's highlighted. Most of the Bible's highlighted and marked all up and stuff. It was hard to transition into what this electronic device was, but it's amazing, though. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. Some of us can even quote this. We even sing this song. Am I sounding okay? Uh, <coughs> verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation. Let's say chosen. How many know you've chosen God? You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people kind of like that more than some of the others because we're all kind of strange. Here's why that you should show forth, let's say show forth, the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Like this next verse, which in times past you were not a people. You could be dating one of the Bowman girls and they noted uh, Dennis Carson and I as the zeros. They knock on the door, Carrie, the zeros are here. <laughs> we are nothing, but we're, we are something in God, aren't we? You are not a people, but are now the people of God. Amen to that. Which had not obtained mercy. How many need mercy today? But now have obtained mercy. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. <coughs> There's one phrase that's used quite often, all the time, and it's not just a nonchalant, just a regular quote phrase that comes off the lips of those who love the Lord, but I thank Him for all that He's done in our lives. Amen. I'm never tired of saying that statement and making that known. No matter where you're praying are, no matter where you're at worshiping, no matter what song you're singing, I just thank God for all that he's done. And another thing on top of that is he's not through with any of us, is he? How many think that you're, you're finished with what your ministry is or what living with the Lord is and all that stuff? You're nowhere near finished. God still has you on his heart, on his mind. He knows where you're at. He knows everything about you. He knows who you come in contact with and what they've been praying for or wishing for. 
and they just need somebody to come by that's filled with the Holy Ghost, that God has used all of your life, and that you still praise Him and give Him glory, that they can, you can give a, an account or a witness or something to Him to uh, minister those two. But thank God for what He's done and what He's going to do. He's a good God, is He not? The word here in this uh, portion of Scripture that um, <clears throat> we've read, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, the word chosen is the Greek word eklektos, which means selected, which means you're a favorite. Yeah, you're God's favorite, so he selects you which means you are called, you are elected. And here's an interesting word in this description. It's you're implicated. You are implicated with God. You are involved with God. You are involved or you are connected to him. How many want to be implicated today? I want to connect with God as many times as long as I can. And that's what you come into this house for, and that's what we stand up here behind this pulpit and share the Word of God, hoping that we can help you connect. Well, I've connected back in 1971. I remember that. You connect every day, don't you? Because we're just human. We disconnect. We unplug. We go to sleep. We, we do this. We do that. We go to work. We have this happen to us. You always need to reconnect with God. You always need to find out where he's at. You always need to plug back in. I don't know about you, but I, I have that problem that sometimes we're overwhelmed with the stuff of the world. Sometimes we get, we get dirtied up. Sometimes we get um, pushed around and mauled around by the world. That's why it's hard to wait from Sunday to Sunday. You can't just do it from Sunday even to Thursday. you got to connect every day. Amen. How many are with me here? you got to understand that God's for you, that every time and every chance, He sees you when you want to reach to Him. He knows what you're trying to do. The worst thing you can do is kind of give it an old wing job or give it an old fake or don't even really mean about it and just say, oh, hallelujah, anyhow. That's not what God's looking for. He's looking for a heart that's reached to him. He's looking for some minds and some, some eyes that cl close in prayer and concentrate on God no matter where you're at because you want to connect with him. Implicated. That comes from a Latin word, implacatus, means to interweave or to twist together. Oh, there's a lot to this chosen word. Yeah, there is. He just didn't choose you. You're implicated. You're, you're woven. Aren't you glad for the presence of God in your life? Aren't you glad for the opportunities that we have today? Aren't you glad we live where we live? Aren't you glad we have this, this chance again to come and to, to, to put more, more glue, more spiritual glue, more, more stick-to-itiveness into your life? Because without that, we would just kind of wane away and just kind of drift off. I want to be interwoven as tight as I can. I want it to be weaved the way God wants me to be weaved. I need him throughout my life. I need him in every aspect of my life. 
And it's up to me to open up and let that happen. To be interwoven or twisted together with God. And that takes time. Because every incident and every uh, 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 experience that you go through in your life lets you see where God's hand is. Let's you look and see, yeah, Lord, if it wasn't for you there, that would have happened a different way. But somehow, from some miraculous reason, you've saved me, you've kept me, you've brought me here, you've done all of this stuff. Th isn't this enough to say, this is why I want to get into the presence of God and just freely open up and worship Him and say, Lord, uh, thank you again for all that you've done. That's how I work. What are you crying about? Why are these tears? Why are you crying? You're not even hurt. I just think about what God's done. I just think about how he brought me from. I just think about how, what I used to be like and how I am now. I just think about how he's kept families together and done all kinds of stuff. He's a good God. Amen. So I want to be chosen. I want to be implicated. Let's go to John, the 15th chapter, and verse 16. Jesus says, ye have not chosen me. How many think they choose God? You kind of. You kind of. You made the choice when you stepped out in that service that night or that day, years ago, wherever it was. You made the choice when you bent your knee at an altar. You made the choice when you closed everybody out and said, it's just you and me, Lord. And you know what? You need to keep that mindset all the time. It's just you and me, Lord. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And we really don't. We really never thought about it that way. No, wait a minute. It was me that stepped out, and I walked down that aisle. No, he's the one that brought you. He's the one that called you. He's the one that knocked. He's the one that understood everything. You're just wise enough to open your heart up. You're just wise enough to let him in. You're just wise enough to, to stop playing around. You're just wise enough to say, okay, this is time. I've chosen you. And I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, think back when you were a kid. Some of us long time ago, some of us real not too far. Have you ever been not chosen? How many are the not chosens? And you really, really, really wanted to be on that baseball team? And the coach comes out to you and says, you know what, Raj? I, I just couldn't find your name on the list. What? Of all the practices that I rode my bike to, of all the dangerous highways that I crossed, of all the times that I chose not to do anything, but I wanted to be on your team, that I wanted to play ball with your guys, that I just wanted to be part. It didn't matter where, where you put me. 
I just wanted to play on Camp Chase Little League team. Because that's where all the superstars were. That was a horrible day for me. I cried all the way home. Come on. This is like 12 years old. Come on. Some of you, some of you do that last week. my mom to cry on my shoulder. She's way up there in Lakeland. You pray for Marilyn Locke, will you? She's in the final stages of kidney failure. And we have to decide Tuesday which direction to go. So She's a good saint at that. She's been Sunday school superintendent. She's been youth pastor two churches throughout the years, but most of the time she played the organ and piano. She even cut a record. So anyway, it's kind of strange, but you pray for her <coughs> this time. Um, I remember that coach's name. Never forgot him. His name is Joe Petula. You know why? It's forever been etched in, in my mind because it was a hurt. It was a wound. Just couldn't find your name on the list. You know what makes God so good? Is your name's on the list. If you've been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, rise as a new creature, your name's on the list. No matter what comes your way. The devil wants you to still believe that, I just couldn't find your name on the list, God. He wants you to keep believing that, and he wants you to just beat yourself up with depression and stuff and say God doesn't really care about it. Yes, he does, because you are chosen. And why are we chosen? We're chosen to show forth what God's done for us. We're chosen to worship. That's why praise and worship is so vital here. It, it's an amazing thing when you get together. I, I, I just, it's not in me. I can't just, hmm. I can't come to church and just, hmm. It's not in me to just come and sit on my hands. Where are we? In, in the Ukraine and Russia somewhere that we're, it's forbidden or China that we can't get into church and, and raise our hands and look? That's not how I was raised. That's not how I feel. That's not how I sense it in my mind to say, I'm here to show forth the praises of God who called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Because my name's on the list. I'm on the team. Show forth. Greek word exangelo. Exangelo means to publish or to celebrate. The ek part of exangelo is comes to and to mean just that little phrase, just that little two-letter word, exceedingly out from. 
when I ex angelo, I, it comes out of me exceedingly. Oh, that reminds me of another scripture. Where is that in Ephesians that says uh, that he can do things exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask. That's him doing ex, ex angelo stuff to us. But we, because we show forth the things that God has done, we have to be exceedingly out from us the message of what God's done for us. How we share things of what God's done. How we live our lives. How there's always a smile. There's always a spring in your step. You don't have to live, you don't have to live all hunched over and depressed when, when you know that your name's written down. When you know that God loves you. When you know that, you, you, that he's called you. He's called you out. Yeah. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's what God can do for us. And if we take the Greek words out of this exceeding abundantly above all, it's called hooper et parasos, super above. So when you're going to sit there tonight, you're going to see a hooper bowl. It's a super bowl. That's kind of what this means. He can do super stuff, supernatural stuff, out from God because he loves you. We just got to be in position. We just got to be ready to receive. We just got to have it in our mind that God's for us. Who can be against us? This is why we show forth the praises of God. That's kind of weird. Now it's our turn. He chooses us and we show forth praises. Exceeding abundantly praises. Oh, but that scripture in Ephesians meant exceedingly abundantly from there down to me. Isn't that how it translates and what it's supposed to be? Oh, but the show forth praises in 1 Peter is I've got to super abundantly show forth praises to him in order that I can get Ephesians 3.20 down here. We call that a two-way street. And, you know, it's, it's a pleasure. To worship God. It does the heart good to worship God. Scripture says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people in Psalm 22. And that where two or three are gathered in his name, what? He's in the midst in Matthew 18. So God loves to hear the praises of his creation. How many believe that? And if the scripture... When, when Jesus went in his triumphal entry, he said, if, if these people don't worship me, the rocks and the trees are going to cry out. 
Something's going to worship me. And you know what? I want to be first in line. I don't want to let somebody else sing that song. I don't want to let somebody else lead the singing or, or clap the hands or, or, or cry or open up or be the first to the altar. It's not that way when you worship God. It's not that way when you show forth the praises of him. You want to be first. You want to say thank you, Lord. You want to take time. You want to find the altar. You don't want to let somebody else go in front of you and take it away. You've got to show forth the praises. You've got to put the ekparosos going. You've got to do everything. It's your praise to him. How many's ever heard the phrase, church is what you really put into it? You put good stuff in, you get good stuff out. It's strange, though, because some people say, man, that was so boring. I don't, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> drove all that way, and they heard that boring message, and they didn't sing my song, or I just didn't feel anything. What? What? They don't get it. It's everything when you get it here. It's a blessing to know that God kept you this week. Huh. It's a blessing to know, yeah, I still got some messed up eye and I still got some stuff here, but you know what? I made it again to the house of God. You know what? I can get into his presence again. You know what? I can freely open my heart and let him just pour himself out to me. That's not hard to do. It doesn't take a lot of thinking to just say I'm in the presence of God. Mm. Psalms 98 verses 4 through 8 says this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praises. Sing unto the Lord with a harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands and let the hills be joyful together. Why? Because all of creation worships God. You can't go outside and look at a beautiful starlit night and say, where's God at? You can't just go to places and look and see things like the Grand Canyon and all that he's made and just the beauty of nature and say, where's God? It's not that way. It's not in the Christian heart. It's not how God puts you together. It's a worshiping thing when I see the beauty that God's made and tears begin to fill Flow down your cheeks because God loves you and he made all of that. And no matter what comes your way, he's there for you. All of his creation to praise. But it's a different thing with somebody that he's called out of darkness into the marvelous light. It's different when he has that one person where months ago or years ago or whatever it was, you were rowing the devil's boat. You were doing the devil's bidding. You were doing the fleshly stuff. You were doing all about you and you had not God at all. But God in all of his grace and all of his mercy saw you and called you out. And somebody witnessed to you. Somebody praised God for you, and somebody brought you into the house of God. Now you're here. 
the devil doesn't want you to worship. He doesn't want you to praise God. He wants you to live like, oh, there's nothing to this worship. There's nothing to this church. I'm here to tell you that's a lie from hell. I'm here to tell you that no matter what comes your way, I'm still going to have a praise from my heart. I'm still going to raise my hands in the presence of God. I'm still going to open up the floodgates of my soul. Why? He's worthy of all the praise. We are the best of his creation. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to show forth praise. I don't want to stifle it at all. The Bible says that heaven rejoices when one sinner comes and repents. Why? Because they're turning around. Why? Because they're acknowledging what God is. live in a society that really is turning more atheistic in a lot of stuff. They don't want God involved in anything. They're pulling people and firing them there and, excuse me, getting so busy. Oh, yeah, I understand, God. I know all about it, so leave me alone. They write it all off. They say, they say that most of them are Christian, but they don't know anything about the Lord. So it doesn't really mean to anything to them. And if it doesn't mean anything, then they don't really have to answer to God. I think that's where a lot of people fear is because they don't want to change. They're selfish. They're stubborn. Oh, no, not them. Yeah, they are. They're selfish and they're stubborn. And they don't want to do what God wants them to do. Disobedience got a lot of people in a lot of trouble. And we've experienced that also. When we disobey, it's bad for us. But we're so crazy and thick skulled up here that we don't get it after a while. And we say we're our own worst enemy because Raj still wants to do what Raj wants to do, not what God wants Raj to do. We don't want to work God's agenda. We want our agenda work because why? We want to advance our agenda and do our thing because we think of so much about how we impress other people. I don't want to impress anybody else but him. <sighs> I don't know how we got off of that. David understood praise, amen. When Israel sought for a king, they chose Saul. But Saul was more interested in the position and not the presence of God. You have to be so interested in the presence of God. So as a result, God rejected him from being king. He told Samuel to go find this little ruddy kid in the house of Jesse who had been worshiping him for a long time. And the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He said, that's the one I want to lead my people. Why? Because he understands and worships me. He's not out for himself. He's out to advance me. And that's what God wants. David understood that. He understood worship. 
He didn't care about his position or his popularity, and he knew that the circumstances were different when he became a worshiper. Do you understand that? Your circumstances are different when you become a worshiper because all that other stuff doesn't affect you. You've got the armor of God on. You, you, you've got a mindset of him. You've got the helmet of salvation. You've got everything that God's meant for us to have. When we live every day and we put up with life, it's tough. It's not fair. But you know what? It goes a whole lot better when I understand that God's all wrapped around me and I understand that no matter what the circumstances, if I get a place every day to worship God somehow, it's all going to be better because He's for me. Huh. Psalm 34, 1 through 3 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. How many want to do that? It's not saying that you should shove everything else off and just go be a hermit somewhere and praise God. That's not how it works. I still go to work. I still do things at home. I still do this. I still take care of kids. I still do all that stuff. But in the back of my mind, there's a worship going on all the time. It's a different, it's a lifestyle. It's how you live your life. It's how you show praises. You show your praise to God by how you live for him. I don't want God to look and say, oh, Rod, yeah, he's that dud. What? He's that knucklehead that I've been trying to get at for years. say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. That's a key. That's the whole life thing. When you make him larger, when you magnify God in your life, when you witness and you sing and you, and, you, and you praise him and you talk about him, every chance you get, you make God larger in your life. You know what happens? He comes in even more. Who doesn't like, this is guy, the guy wise, and it was, and I think that these girls that we dated and these wives that we married, they knew that. How they would pump you up and, you know, you're so strong. They knew that they had something heavy to lift. And when you got all the praise, what happened? Oh, man, you started, you didn't shrink down a minute. You, you kind of stood up big and you walked differently, you know. Oh, my babe, she loves that, you know. And all of a sudden, you just act differently. Why? Because... She just magnified your your big man head, you know, and, and, and she can get anything that she wants. That's not fair. It's how it is. It's the same with God. When you magnify him, he comes in even more, even greater. And when do we not need more of God? Whew. Magnify the Lord with me. That's why praise is so important when we gather in here. It's not just 
50% of us. It's not just 60%. We need 100% magnifying God. Do you know what would happen in this building? I think we call it revival. Do you know what would happen when we all magnify God in such a way that, that, that he got so large, it, it, even bigger? I want God to be bigger than what I think he is now. Huh. Sister Bowie, I'm still just kind of closing my eyes. God, just whenever you can, work this thing. I do it all the time. Why? Because there's a praise in the back of my mind. Come on, Lord, still there. I'm trusting you. Been two years in May, but you know what? You're still going to just take your hand, God, and just wipe the back of my eye clean. I believe that. That's why every time we gather together, our praise is important. You can't just show forth the praises of God like this. You can't show forth praises like this. You can't show forth praises like, okay, when's, what's the next show? Okay, what, what's the, you can't throw, show forth praises like that. I wish they would hurry up, keep checking my watch and see when we can get out of here and where I'm going to go eat lunch and all that kind of stuff. When you've got your mind on God, you've got your mind on God. You don't have your mind on anything else. Why? It's important we all have this together and we all gather into this house and begin to worship him all together. It makes him larger to show forth his praises. Psalm 24, I don't have that on the list, but I'm going to read it, 7 through 10. Lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be lifted up. If you're hurting, if there's something that's got you down, if there's, there's a, a situation or a circumstance in your life that you just don't know what to do with, I'm here to tell you, you're in the presence of God, and you begin to lift up your hands, lift up whatever you've got. O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. We know the scripture where two or three are gathered, but you know what? The more you magnify the Lord with me, something happens even greater. Who is this king of glory? It's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord that's mighty in battle. You need somebody on the battlefield? It's time to lift them up and praise him. You need something done in a life that you can't figure nothing else out? It's time to lift up your hands, O ye gates. Begin to lift up your hands, O ye people, and the Lord will strong and mighty will show up. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? It's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Uh, now I get to my, that's all introduction. I chose this topic, apostolic aromatherapy. First of all, we know what aroma is. It's an odor that arises from spices, from plants, from cooking. I put this in from White Castle. Especially an agreeable odor or fragrance that you're familiar with. What is that? Aromatherapy or essential oil therapy. How many's ever heard of it? done it, used it before, a little diffuser that you put in. 
essential oils. There's something to that, amen. How many believe that it works? Helps you sleep, lavender, put that in. When you're sick, we used to have a diffuser or, or uh, some kind of machine that you put this Vic stuff in there if you're sick. Yeah, vaporizer. And they shove it to your face and put you in bed. I don't know who in my family made me eat that Vicks, but they said eat it. Nobody's ever done that. Come on, come on. You read the bottle, it says do and ingest. But they make cough drops out of the same stuff. That's okay. Aromatherapy, essential oils. They've been used for thousands of years, and their aim is improving your health or your mood. Yep. The National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy defines aromatherapy as therapeutic application on the medicine use of aromatic, uh, aromatic substances or essential oils for holistic healing. It's good. It works. What's that have to do with my praise? I'm glad you asked that. Mark 14, 3 through 9. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this a waste of the ointment that was made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye not have always. She had done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. You know what happened there in that house? Where Jesus was eating there with Simon the leper, and they all kind of kicked back at meat. Oh, that's just Jesus. It ain't no big deal. It's just having lunch with the guys. Don't ever let the presence of God just become uh, granted and say, oh, well, that's just a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's his presence in your own home. It's what you feel in this building now. It is a big deal. It's not just a nonchalant, oh, I just went to church today. It's not that at all. It's you come into the presence of God. I don't ever want to get to that point. I don't want to ever get to that point that I'm numb to the fact that it's tradition, that it's, oh, well, the same old, same old, same old all the time. 
everything that happens in our world, all this stuff that goes on in our society and, and the world, it's changing. It's good. It, 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 it we're getting closer and closer to his soon coming. So every time, every service, every message is important how it gets to us. But what I want to point to you specifically is what this lady did. We've heard it preached before. We know her story. Some places call her Mary, Mary Magdalene. Some, some places they don't know. They just speculate as to what it is. It doesn't matter. What matters is this lady understood where he was and did everything that she could to get to his feet because she had something to give him. She had something to worship him with. All that, that ointment in that alabaster box, and she worked and she watched. She, she may have, if Hollywood made this a movie, she would go from this, this cube, you know, and hide behind here and look and crawl over here and move her box, you know, and get up. And finally made it to the feet of Jesus, where she broke this box. She broke it. When you break something, it goes everywhere. When you don't break it, you still control how it comes out. Oh, I didn't mean to pour out that much. I better save some for next week. I got too much on my mind that I'm just going to, just a little bit, and that's fine. I've been to church. I came by, and, you know, here's my praise. Here's my word. Here's my sacrifice. It's just a little bit. Keep my bottle. Keep my my, my uh, alabaster box so I can bring it back next week like I've been doing for the last 10, 15 years, a little bit here, a little bit there. It's time to break this thing because when you break something, you have no control. You have no control over all the oil that goes everywhere all over the Lord. You have, <coughs> excuse me, you have no control. <coughs> and that's the whole idea. When my heart is broken, when my heart's on the altar, when I'm in his presence and I give him everything, I don't want to control it back. I want to lose control. I want to be David and take the garments off and start dancing and worshiping the Lord. And people are going to say, what's wrong with him? How come they used all of that beautiful ointment and broke that beautiful box just to anoint his feet? Are you crazy? Yeah. I'm crazy because I've got to show forth praises. I've got to show God what he's worth to me, all that he's done. That's what this lady did. That's why she's remembered so much. Unless you just really don't think that God really saved you that much. He's worth everything, isn't he? Find a way to get to the feet of Jesus where looks and ridicule and others' opinion about what you're doing, when you let nothing stop your worship, that's when it's more valuable. That's when God says, yeah, that Raj, he's really onto it today. Break the container. Don't control it out. And it's not that it's by accident. You ever break something by accident? All the time. Open the fridge door, something falls out, boom. This isn't by accident. This is meant as worship to him.
reason why I have chosen to show forth praises. Let's stand together. Exceeding abundantly. Now, what happens is this aroma goes through the room. And everybody gets to participate and say, oh, man, that was awesome. Why? Because somebody chose to break their box and worship God. An agreeable fragrance of worship? Yeah, some say yeah. Others, which look from the flesh, they say, what a waste. How shameful was that? But not me, because everybody's got a box. It's either controlled or it's uncontrolled. I want to have uncontrolled worship. 